7.30 p.m. I would also like to thank you for listening to Community Radio on WGRN LP 94.1 FM, Columbus. I'd like to welcome our listeners back and hope that everyone is doing okay. Everyone needs to be safe and make sure that you're wearing a mask and that you're wearing gloves, staying six feet apart, and stay safe. I have my brother with me. Hello, Mr. Ernest Kelly. Hello, everyone. And then I have Miss Trish Beatty. I don't know why I want to call her Beatty, but it's Brady. <laughs> How you doing, Miss Brady? I'm doing okay. <laughs> and then we have with us Miss Bernadette Stone and Nicole Harris, both from the Center for Healthy Families. How you two doing? Doing wonderful. Great to be here. I've been trying to get you guys on for a minute, and we've had some conflict, but we are on it today, are we not? <laughs> yes, yeah, we are. We are here. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm so happy for that because uh, the Center for Health and Families do a lot of good services and have some programs set up for young teens, not only young teens, but also adults, uh, the parents of those young teens. And either Bernadette, you can start, and then Nicole, you can start if you could tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of like what your role is, you know, at your organization. Okay. I am a resource advocate with the Center for Healthy Families. And I've been with the organization for close to six years now. I'm a licensed social worker. I also do a lot of community outreach, partnering with different community organizations, and just trying to see what is out there that can assist our young people, our young families, and if they can help when it comes to us getting um, young parents or if there's any way that they can help service them. So we really, we work hard on partnership and relationship is a big thing too. I work directly with the young families, both moms and dads in Franklin County. Usually they're between the ages of 12 to 21 and there's different things that we kind of work on, but we really focus on their goals, making sure that they are self-sufficient, what they need to connect with in order to become more self-sufficient, to be a good parent whatever goals they may have for themselves. So it could be graduating high school, getting a job, getting childcare. We work on a variety of things. And again, that's one-on-one. So do group settings as well with our families. And we work with them as a whole. So if they are living with a parent, an aunt, or a friend, we assist that family as a whole in any type of uh, concerns or goals they may have that they may need assistance in. Nicole, could you tell us about yourself, please, and what it is that you do for the Center of uh, Healthy Families? Yes, so I am Nicole Harris, and I'm the Director of Programs at the Center. I have been there for just about a year, over a year and a half, and I pretty much help with the day-to-day operations and management of the program, so um, just helping um, really wherever I'm needed in terms of programming with the young people. I've been able to facilitate groups that have some direct service while I'm there, helping the resource advocates with resources, connecting them with things that come up, especially with COVID-19, really um, looking at where our city is, where the resources are locally in the community. I do a lot of reports, you know, got to have some reports to our funders to say what, what activities we're actually doing and creating success stories to share what has happened with our young people since they've entered our program. And um, helping with some grants and then just really kind of getting my hands dirty with being able to be out there with our um, service team. How did the Center for Healthy Families get started? How did that idea or that concept come about? Yeah, so our founders are um, Ms. Donna James and Tashia Safford. 
and they um, did a two-year study of our community with pregnant parenting teens, being able to um, look and see what the needs were and where the gaps were. And they actually did a study, which a lot of organizations and individuals look at now to see what the needs are in Franklin County. And through that, they were able to develop a resource guide that is used in the county for pregnant and parenting teens. And what they were able to do was create what we call our Healthy Families Collaborative. And it has 12 organizations throughout um, Franklin County, starting with Impact Community Action, the Family Center for Safety and Healing at Nationwide Children's Hospital. We have Directions for Youth and Families. We have Ohio Health and Riverside Teen and Baby Clinic. We have Boys and Girls Club. We have the Columbus Urban League. We have actually have added Huckleberry House. And when I'm listing those names, you look at those names of organizations that have been around and that work with those populations who are vulnerable and really helping look at some of the social determinants of health. And we meet on a quarterly basis for both the president's panel meeting and a service team meeting to look and see what young people have come through our doors, what were some of the presenting issues, and being able to see what we were able to look at our resources and leverage that to help the young person and their family. But also the presidents get together and they have a meeting related to what their, their service team can do and what the resources are. And that has been for the last 12 years. And um, really just making sure that we have a warm transfer to those services I know Bernadette has definitely been able to assist with that with having a referral from directions to family, excuse me, directions for youth and families for a parenting program and them having Bernadette with them from the very beginning in, in exchange to a service provider to make sure that young person gets to the service that they need and then being able to do ongoing follow-up with the service provider to say, have they attended classes? Is there anything else that they need? How else can I help? And Bernadette can add as well because she's been there for half of that time. I was looking at you guys as uh, connection partners, and we had Lutheran Social Services on a couple of weeks ago, and it looks like you guys may overlap in some areas. Is that correct? Do you guys work together on some things? We do work together. When it comes to the different organizations, we work with whatever organization would like to work with us when it comes to possibly services or if we have a common client. But with the Center for Healthy Families, we never overlap services. Um, we are kind of like a hub. And let's say we need to connect with them because of counseling so we can work on healthy relationships or parenting skills, things of that nature. So what we would do is just make sure that that program participant is accountable, that they're making their meetings, that they're having any problems, what we may be able to assist in, just encouraging them when it comes to that particular goal and working with the person at that organization so we're on the same playing field and just giving that participant extra support. But um, that's one thing that sometimes can be confusing. But with our organization, we never overlap because if we can get the expert to help someone, let's say, with breastfeeding, we would rather have someone connected that can tell that individual or support them in that situation rather than us because we know there's experts out there that can better support them and give them that expertise. And we are there to help support and encourage the participant, making sure they're going, even maybe give them incentives if need be. Because we are talking about, you know, young teens and sometimes they can get discouraged very easy or they may feel that the person is judging them or they feel like, I don't have a good connection with this person. So we just want to make sure that that relationship is, you know, going well and if we can be of any assistance and be of any backup to them.
And that might be kind of long, but I hope that answers that question. It does. You know, by no means I was saying overlapped. I didn't mean, you know, we're duplicating. But it just seems like it'd be a good partnership as far as uh, help the teens. Do they come to your facility or do you do you go where they're at? We are community-based and also home-based, so we go where they're at. If they feel more comfortable in us going to like a library or to a park, we definitely will do that. We meet them where they're comfortable, and but at the same time that we can help work on their goals with them. Before all this, when it comes to the virus, if let's say they needed to go somewhere or even if they needed to go to the grocery store, but no one has really taught them how to shop with a baby. And some people kind of take that for granted, but sometimes that's an issue. We will take that young person to the grocery store with their baby, and we will go through that grocery store and get items that they need and help them to kind of figure out, well, when the baby's crying, what are some things you can do or make things a little bit you know, quicker in your shopping, how you can handle and packing all those groceries and taking them back to your apartment if you don't have um, you know, transportation if you happen to use the bus. So we really do a lot of coaching and one-on-one. We also sometimes go to the home, but in some situations we're not welcome in the home. And it's not saying that that's the participant's fault. It could be that they live with people that really don't want you know, other people coming to their house, or they just feel more comfortable in talking about their concerns somewhere else in private. And then sometimes you go to a home and then everyone in that household wants your assistance which is fine, that's what we're there for. And we may also go to the organiza- another organization that they're working with. So if they're working with Nationwide, sometimes we may go to Nationwide and we all work together. Question to see if and how you uh, partner with Celebrate One. Actually, this year we were recipient um, for the Infant Mortality Grant with Celebrate One. And so we are helping with um, helping moms with those social determinants of health, making sure that they have a primary OB or primary care doctor to manage their pregnancy, as well as making sure they have transportation to those visits and making sure that they get on-time prenatal care and additional barriers that they may be experiencing. Um, Bernadette has been very engaged with them with their community baby showers. And we know with COVID right now, they are not having baby showers, but making sure that we get them safe sleep environment, diapers and wipes, anything that we can do really during this time to help with that. But we also attend their coalition meetings. Bernadette is responsible for the Southside Coalition. And we have Leora Williams that is if I'm attending the Near East Coalition meetings right now. And we actually, I think, have someone in the Linden area as well. So we are making sure that we are in those hotspots zip codes that celebrate one serves and also along with them helping those moms in those areas. I like to ask for our listeners that might be interested in your program, how do they know that you can help them? When it comes to the Center for Healthy Families, our program, a mom or dad that is that is pregnant and or parenting, ages 21 and under, qualify for the program in, in Franklin County. Or, you know, there has been situations where a person is outside of the county, outside the county, but they attend Franklin County School. We would accept that as well. If they know that they are in need of assistance or want extra, they want extra support to help with whatever goals they may have, and they are motivated to do so because they do have to meet with us at least once a month. Sometimes we'll see them twice in a week. It depends what their goals are because we will start from the very beginning if you know we deal with a lot of young people that are homeless that need their social security card their 
driver's license or their state ID, birth certificate. They may need all those documentations and we will help them with that. We have some young people that we may just need to let them know where they need to go to get the resources they need. And then we have some that just need a little bit extra support and guidance and we'll be right there with them. If they are willing to meet with us and willing to work on those goals, we run into young people that it's a shame, but even in this time, being pregnant under the age of 21 is sometimes taboo, and it depends on the culture and the family. And so they have a really difficult time, and they have to grow up fast. So even though they might be 14 and they have a little one, when they go out there and they're in need of food or they're in need of housing, sometimes the community looks at them as, oh, you're grown, and so you can take care of it, when that's not the case. We have to deal with the trauma that they're dealing with, also the development that they're at at that time, plus the health of them and their baby. Unfortunately, when it comes to infant mortality, it is sad what's going on in Franklin County, and that's one of the reasons that we're involved, we're motivated to assist that family, making sure that baby reaches their first birthday and beyond. We have a lot of situations where even at a school, they might get a hard time because they don't have a babysitter or they have to watch the baby and they have to do homework and they have to work and there's just so much going on. We want them to know that there's someone out there that's going to be their advocate, their coach. We are going to assist them in any way we can. There's many situations where I've had to go to a school or I've even gone to, let's say, uh, apartment complex where they might have problems because of lease leasing issues or something because um, our young people they get just because they're young they have a little one some people take advantage of that or they don't understand we're advocates we go in there and we assist that family and say hey what's going on you know this isn't right or why don't we work as a team and figure out how we can make sure that this 14 year old graduates high school you know what can we do to make sure that she gets her homework what can we do to make sure that she has someone that can watch the baby or is there a way that they can bring the baby to the school or she has certain hours there must be something because i understand that the community wants these families to succeed but at the same time they don't quite understand what their challenges are and we're there to help and to support so if there's a young person 21 and under both mom or dad and you need extra support in regards to school, finding a job, housing, parenting skills. It, it just, there's a wide range of things that we assist in. We want them to know that we are there because we care about you and the family and the babies, and we will do whatever we can. We'll go beyond the call of duty to make sure that you succeed in reaching your goals. If you guys excuse me for a minute, we need to take an identification break. Hi, this is Ernest Kelly with the Faith Thomas Foundation. You're listening to The Cell on 94.1 FM, WGRN, and WGRN.org worldwide. Listen to us every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Ernie, you have a question? I have, yeah, I have a question. Was that, was that Bernadette? Was that you? Yes, yeah, sir. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, how supportive is it for the family of teens that had babies that young when you're going to the home 
and there's parents there and other siblings. How important is it for their support to help the teen that has a child as a teenager? How important is it as far as their development? That is extremely important. A lot of the young people that we get is because they don't get the support from their family. Some of our participants, if let's say they might be struggling with just, you know, trying to get through school, and the family is just not for certain how to support them, but they, they're helping them with everything else. They will succeed because we will help because we are the experts in making sure that they can follow through with that if that's what they're wanting to do. We see so many situations where a young person under the age of 18 is still kicked out of the house because they're pregnant. Wow. We deal with a lot of homelessness. We deal with a lot of abuse, drug abuse. And this is from the, the parents or the family in the home. We have a, a lot of young people under the age of 18 who need childcare, yet they do not qualify for Title 20. And there's no one in the house, even though they might be available, not able to take care of that baby. So here we have a 16-year-old that needs to go to school, but she has no one to take care of her child. Or there's no one safe to take care of her child. What is she supposed to do? It's still taboo in a, in a lot of situations, and again, a lot of our young people are being kicked out and having to go couch surfing or just even out on the streets, pregnant with a little one, trying to make it. Wow. Are you still seeing uh, pregnancies at the age of 14? Oh, yes. I had a 12-year-old. We've had a few 12-year-olds. Oh, wow. Man. And even when it comes to that, it's interesting the reaction sometimes you get when you say, yes, I have a couple 12-year-olds. And, you know, what do you think is the first thing that comes to their mind? Unfortunately, you would think, but unfortunately, no. Some people will say, oh, what is a 12-year-old wanting to have sex? Or, you know, they say that she's hot or, you know, some of the different words they use. And then I have right. to remind them, 12-year-old doesn't have a choice. A 12-year-old, many times, it wasn't even something that they wanted to do, even though we know that, you know, regardless of the situation, 12-year-old is pregnant, it was raped, but they decided to keep the baby for whatever reason. They still have goals, even with that trauma, and we're there to assist, assist them also with the trauma and also being a good parent and being self-sufficient and how they, the, what their journey is going to look like as they go through being a young parent wanting to finish school, wanting a career. They may have thought, that, you know, they wanted to be a doctor. And we tell them, you still can be a doctor. Your journey is just going to look a little different, but you're still going to get there. How long would you guys stay with someone that young as far as, because it's like a, a child raising a child, basically. Uh, now, how, how long would you guys stay, stay with them? We stay with them on the uh, ongoing one-on-one -on -one for two years. And then once they finish that two years, they go into what we call the bridge program. It's our alumni, and that's for another year. And even after they graduate the bridge program, we still have a connection with them. They can always contact, it, contact us whenever they're in need or they need assistance with something. Now with our very young parents, we are willing, depending on their situation, to keep them a little bit longer because how young they are. And also we want to make sure that they are connected with every resource possible to help support them in the needs that they have. I had a 12-year-old that I had for pretty, probably about three years, and she still contacts 
me to this day, and we communicate. I try to connect her with different resources. I even have young parents who may have moved out of state, and every now and then they may call just to check in, say hey, but at the same time, they might be in a situation where like, I got kicked out and I'm in tech, what do I do? And I will still, wow. I will try to connect them with the services that they need. Can you clarify for our listeners what twi Title 20 is and how people qualify for it? Title 20 is um, child care subsidy that assists people of a certain income who may benefit if it depends on their income, how much their child care might be. And there are certain child care agencies that accept Title 20 where you go to Job and Family Services, you get an application, you fill an application depending on how many people are in the household and what your income might be. They kind of go on a sliding scale fee of what your fee for child care could be. So it can range, I've heard of some where it might be $30 a week to maybe $150 a week. It just kind of depends on your situation. Many moons ago, I worked on a similar project in Franklin County where we were looking at teen pregnancy. And I saw in your report that you did it by zip code, which is also how we divided it. I'm wondering, are the, the same areas still having the same issues, like the Linden, Hilltop area? Are they still having a problem? And have you seen a, is it stabilized or have you seen a decline? How are those percentages going? So I know that we once were in um, South, the South High School area. That's one of the examples. And we know that that um, particular neighborhood has a strong connection with the Columbus Public Health Department, who um, is doing some work with the children as well as their parents. A significant drop in the number of teen parents in that area. So we are definitely glad that they have the support of that neighborhood. I think in terms of the Linden area and the Hilltop, I would say those are also, I think those are lots of zip code. And we have a large population of participants in the Wedgwood area. So I think what we are finding is that moms are having sub-pregnancies before 24 months, as well as just, I think, the education on birth control. So long-acting long contraception has been, I think, a barrier that we've been, been seeing most recently. There's a lot of myths about use of birth control, and so a lot of times they're not getting the correct information or someone had a reaction or they heard this happen, so they are not choosing to have birth control and are having subsequent pregnancy before they're ready, but also proper birth spacing. I think it has declined from my understanding, but we are seeing that there are still, there's still a spike, if that makes sense. I think nationally there's been a decline, which I know those numbers have been reported, but we are still seeing program participants having a subsequent pregnancy before they're ready. I found something very interesting in listening to the conversation. And the word father keeps coming up in our conversation. So I find that very interesting. And can one of you please explain to me why you feel that it's important for the father to be involved with the mother who's pregnant? Why is it important to have them join in uh, in your programs and training that you offer? And what is it that you offer them? As it relates to dads, if they are 21 and under in Franklin County, and they have someone who's expecting or they have a little one, they qualify for the program regardless if they are with that person or not. And we definitely work on co-parenting because we feel that a little one is for the best interest of the child. And we want to make sure that that child reached their first birthday and what are all the different things or 
that they need or stuff that maybe struggle they struggle but if they had both mom and dad working together that that may lessen some of the the issues and that could be even with child care if they can take turns if they're not together or we've had situations where they're young and they just don't know we're not going to leave dad out because he plays an important role in that baby's life as well unfortunately in our society dad is left out because they think maybe he's not interested or he's not mm-hmm. in the future at all or you know we live in a society where unfortunately it may be set up where they think that they can't say dad's involved and many times they are they need the same help support as any other young parent they need to understand where they can go if they have an apartment and their utilities are shut off they need to understand where they can go if their child needs a safe place to sleep as it relates to pack and plays and what does that look like when it comes to safe sleep they have goals they want a career and we're there to assist them so they can be better parents and they can be self-sufficient and that's going to only help that child i just wanted to add that we get when it comes to the young dad we go through all the goals with them like we do the moms We talk about family planning and birth control. We talk about even sexual health, their medical health, their physical health because they have to be healthy and together in order to be able to help their baby as well. We if they are not interested in our organization the Center for Healthy Families, we still try to connect them with other services that that will help a young dad. So we work with Action for Children, Columbus Urban League, and there's other different uh programs that are out there that assist dads. And because we're the first ones in that door, sometimes we already have a relationship with them and they trust us more if we say, "Okay, let's see about this organization. Maybe they can assist you and be a support that you need if you're not, you know, ready for us right now." and that's understandable because sometimes they are very busy working going to school or what have you and they may not really have the investment that they can have with our organization and there might be a father program out there that can better assist them wow this is some really good information However, it appears that our time has crept up on us again, and I'm really sorry. We're going to have to continue this conversation, and there will be a part two, guys. So to our listeners, just tune in next Wednesday at 7.30 p.m., and you can hear the remaining of our conversation with Bernadette and Nicole from the Center for Healthy Families. So I want to thank Tish. I want to thank Ernie and Bernadette and Nicole. Thank everyone, and this is Felice, your host. Peace out. The Faith Thomas Foundation would like to thank you for listening to The Cell. We broadcast on WGRN 94.1 FM every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. You can also stream us live on Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. on WGRN 94.1. For more information on the Faith Thomas Foundation, please visit our website, Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is Faith Thomas F. D. N.